This is the Get Stuck In podcast. Okay, welcome uh, today. Mark and I are in the office today here at Slick. Um, we're just kind of going to go over how the past season went, um, kind of talking about coronavirus, uh, a little bit about uh, kind of the the season, how it went with coronavirus, with the players, how uh, how the, what the difference was between a typical season and uh, this one. And, uh, yeah, so kind of just a recap of the fall season, Mark. To be fair, great season. Uh, hard season, but a great season. Uh, having, having so many things that could have gone wrong, but the players really stepping up and demanding excellence out of themselves, uh, pushing through the entire semester, getting good grades, uh, not being able to play matches, just training constantly in the weight room constantly. Uh, I, I just thought it came down to attitude. The year completely came down to attitude. What attitude did our players decide to take? A, what approach they decided to take to it? We were like every college program probably in the nation. We had shutdowns. We had a two-week shutdown. We had a week shutdown. Um, you know, so... You know we had our we had our difficulties, Tanner, but uh, the the players were resilient, and I just thought the 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 number one thing was the attitude. They kept a championship uh, mentality and a championship attitude throughout the entire semester, and uh, yeah, I mean academically, we're going to end up having a better year academically than we've had in a long time. Um, for for the last couple of falls, I think this will be probably our our team best GPA. Now grades haven't come out yet for this semester, but there's a lot to be thankful for and a lot to feel optimistic about. And you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to get the grades and and feel like there was more of an emphasis on you know the student side. You know, when you call them student athletes, not athlete students. And uh, we were able to sit in on study hall with the players quite a bit more and and uh, be doing grade checks and, and just kind of be on top of the players. And so we moved on three of our young men um, verbally committed to NCAA Division I programs. Uh, Omar Gomez from Colorado Rapids Developmental Academy that's been with us for the last two years, uh, signed at Cal State University Northridge. And uh, Azriel Johnson from the country of Malawi and Zimbabwe, an international player from those two countries. Uh, he also stand, signed at Cal State University Northridge. And uh, Samuel Owusu from the Colorado Rapids uh, Academy team also signed at uh, Cal State University Fullerton. Um, and then we have two more boys that are talking to, you know, some pretty big Division One programs right now. I would rather not say the programs just in case it doesn't work out for them, but uh, they're very close to be signing as well. And these are all players that will be playing for us in the spring as well as they continue to try to get their associate's degrees. So, you know, there was a lot of, again, there, in my opinion, there was a lot of positives and that's kind of how I break it down is, uh, our attitude was fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, so we, we like to talk a lot about, you know, creating buy-in for these players. Um, this being such a different season, you know, not having the privilege of playing games, how does creating buy-in change? How did, how did it change this season? So you either look over the fence and you think the grass is greener or you water the grass right where you're standing. You, you want to be successful, you water your grass. 
you make sure you make sure that people are a hundred percent bought in and understanding that everyone in the country, Tanner, doesn't matter if you're at a power five university, they're having the exact same problems as us. Everyone's dealing with COVID. No one's having no one's off this whole COVID hook. Um, and it's something we're all dealing with every single day. So it all came down to in my opinion, it came down to attitude and, it, and, it, and that's how we kind of, we talked about it constantly said, okay, you can look over the fence and say it's so much better over there, but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. And let's water the grass right where we're standing. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So this was kind of definitely a weird season for the boys, for the girls, for us, um, as staff, what for you personally, do you think was the biggest, uh, hardship for this season for you or or most difficult challenging thing for you this season that's a great question um well i moved um and i know that's not i know that's not part of um, the question but i moved i moved mid-semester moved houses only moved about five miles away that was that was incredibly difficult part of the semester just prepping to move getting our stuff organized the stress of it all um but also that was an amazing part too, you know, on moving day, having 15 male players, 15 female players, all wearing masks, you know, all deciding to come help my, help their coach move. Um, that was a very special moment there. I really didn't put pressure on the players saying they needed to be there. I just basically said, Hey, I'd appreciate it. If anyone is available on your day off to come down and, you know, help me move for a couple hours. And then I blink and, uh, you know, it's 10 AM and I got 30 players there. You know, that always kind of almost brings a tear to my, eye. you know, that was a super special moment. Um, you know, to me, to me, motivation, motivation, wasn't it. I, I, I just, I've been in the college game now since, since 2009, um, just all day, every day, you know, 365, 52 weeks of the year has been based around the fall season. And so having now a fall season where it didn't happen, it was weird. Like, hey, we should be playing in the conference championship game right now. Or, hey, this was supposed to be the day we started conference play. Or this was the day we were supposed to have our first training or this. It was just always just kind of a missed void in me. And it was just like the level of competition, Tanner, that just that's in me that's been in me the last 10 years and it's been pretty uh set and pretty scheduled that you know there's no question where i'm at august 1st and there's no question where i'm at august 15th if it's in different state or if it's a player or if it's as a coach it's been a very very planned decade for my for me in the fall and now to have you know we're still in the grind we're still training we're still still working incredibly hard so nothing train but just the aspect of uh competition the lack of competition that was probably the hardest thing for me and and uh you know i'll 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 be get pretty personal on here as well Uh, we had mental health issues inside the program and we had player we had a lot more pro players come to me in my office being very open um, to me about saying, Hey coach, I'm struggling with this, this, and this, I'm struggling with mental health. These are things that you need, you need to be aware of. And you know, that, that would definitely was a, a new thing for me and, and just being, 
you know, felt like there was an an element of just really being aware of the kids' needs mentally. Yeah, I mean, you've got to kind of you've got to find new uh, you know motivation, especially you know where where you don't get to have that you know gratification of going and playing matches every week. Um, I think I think that's been the weirdest thing for me with the with this pandemic. I mean, I've almost been you know with you guys for a year now. And I think I've been a part of two games like in, in 12 months, which is such a weird, uh, you know, weird experience being a part of a team and not getting to play games. I mean, and, and that I mean, and you can only imagine, you know, a student athlete where, you know, they, they kind of lose that that, you know, that that extra, you know, we call it fun, I guess they're, you know, the, the, the good competitive uh, match at the end of the week. for yeah, Absolutely. It's been tough. The The lack of competition has yeah. definitely been probably the number one thing and keeping players motivated. Yeah. And I mean, it's still been, I mean, an awesome year just, you know, trying to find different motivation in, in different things. So uh, let's kind of move on. You know, this upcoming year, we're supposed to have a spring season. It's a little bit different from normal. Um, kind of explain the spring season. What's it going to look like? Yeah. So we're going to go in. So we have all of our players set into – soccer and weights so we're able to do a little bit like in a class with our players the second they get back onto campus um which we basically fulfill the eight hours a week in the non-competitive season so we're able to work out with our players eight hours a week when do we get back uh we get back january 11th uh the semester starts day the semester starts we will look to, you know, get some team meetings in, um, kind of establish our culture, establish um, kind of the Bruin way of what we do things. We have uh, a new player coming in on the men's side uh, from England. Uh, we got a kid from Nigeria coming in. We have a kid from uh, Argentina coming in on the men's side. And then we're working on a Japanese player right now as well. And we also have... Um, two Utah players coming in, um, one from uh, Farmington area and then one from the Pleasant Grove, uh, Orem kind of area as well. So, you know, we're bringing in five players with a potential of six on the men's side. And on the women's side, uh, we're looking to bring in three players, all Utah kids. Um, and so establish our culture, establish our core, our core beliefs. And that will happen right January 11th. And then we'll move on, kind of getting into some trainings January and February. Uh, We'll probably be working out, you know, no more than eight hours a week. But say Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays with your occasional Thursday training session plugged in uh, to get our eight hours of weightlifting and uh, training in a week. And then come March, we hit it hard. And that's when... That's when we'll we'll be training a lot more. We'll still probably be in that eight hour window, um, but that's when it will be all about soccer. And then March fifteenth hits, and then that eight hour week window goes away, and we're able to go just full straight ahead. March fifteenth to April first, we'll look to play probably two to three friendlies um, plugged in on the weekends there, and then our season will start at April first, um, and. We'll go basically April till May, and then if we make the tournament, the the national tournament, then the national tournament will be in early June, um, and that's kind of the semester in a nutshell. So 
we're kind of looking at a mid-March to, to June kind of window. And, you know, we're hoping we're playing in June. And we, we believe that we have two really good teams that can do it. And uh, I feel like they're more mature right now than they've ever been. Uh, you know, we have we have more maturity on our team. We have a team – we have two teams that – you know, we have a team that is – both teams last year won the conference – and uh, we have one team that won the region title and then we have one team that lost the region title and uh, they know what it takes to to win a conference they should know what it takes to win a conference championship so uh, you know we got to go out and take the next step and and now now make some serious noise in the national tournament and and hopefully we get there soccer is a very weird game and we're going to demand excellence out of ourselves every single day to try to put ourselves in a situation to get there. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all super anxious to get into, you know, a full season like that again. Um, do we now, you know, with the potential of having two full seasons back to back almost, do we approach it differently? Do you approach the spring differently than than uh, you normally would a full season? How would we approach it? Yeah, definitely. It's a really good question. We definitely approach January and February a lot different. Because if we didn't, if say we hit the ground running, eight, I mean, eight hours a week is still a decent amount of stuff. If you wanted to be running fitness for eight hours a week, you could. So you definitely, you approach it a lot differently. And, um, you know, you kind of ease into March because by the time, if you're, if you're hitting it hard with them and you're really not looking to peak until mid-May, beginning of June, if you're peaking, if you that's when you're looking to peak and you hit the ground running as hard as you can in January, uh, you will peak way too early. Yeah. And your players will not even want to listen to you yeah. by the time mid-May hits. Yeah. So you you got to take that you got to be very weighted in your periodization and your planning on how you set your 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 programs up on pushing it. I I do think and this is something as a staff we've sat down in and spent a lot of time kind of talking it through. How much is too much? How much is too little? I actually worry about the too little side than I do the too much side. Because our players, they're here because they they want to play. They want to compete. They want to they wanna be pushed. So, you know, we're, we're going to really try to – taper and plan the sessions so that they every week they're getting a good solid week of training in yeah. you know january and february and and uh you know really hit it hard in march yeah and then hopefully finish up in june and get a good little break before we hit it right back again in in august yeah it's it's gonna be that i think that's gonna be you know uh very different uh yeah. luckily we are very sophomore hub heavy uh, this year on both programs are sophomore heavy and, and have a lot of returners and a lot of players that are looking to move themselves on from from Salt Lake. So that's going to be an interesting thing, bringing so many new freshmen in. But that also is a good thing to bring so many freshmen in because they're not coming back from back-to-back seasons as well. Yeah. How, uh, for you, how has recruiting changed because of the pandemic? It's changed quite a bit. It's uh, haven't attended very many tournaments, and uh, we haven't been able to, 
you know, we haven't had the same we haven't had the same regulations as the NCAA, especially NCAA Division One. So for you guys that are listening right now, um, NCAA one, Division One, it's even been pushed back their recruiting policies all the way to April. NCAA Division Two is live, and NJCAA right now is live. So live recruiting, we can get on a plane and go watch games if we if if we need to. But because there hasn't been the events, and and because there hasn't been the access, we haven't had we we haven't done it. So. It, it's it's very much changed Tanner to relationships, mm-hmm. building relationships with uh, major league soccer academies, building relationships, building relationships with uh, NCAA Division One coaches that need us and need to send out players for us. That that's definitely been something that's been helpful, um, and uh, you know, it, it's it, internationals and and different companies that we work with to try to find different players. And so um, it's a relationship business. It's always been a relationship business, but this year it's even showed more that it's more of a relationship business. And, you know, just sitting at a complex for, you know, 12 hours and trying to find players, it's always been a good way. It's been effective, but it's always been more effective to use your relationships that you have to try to get, in contact with those players and then specifically then go to that complex to watch that specific player apart from go to the complex just to sit down for 12 hours and try to find players to then go talk to. Yeah. So kind of, you know, maybe slightly off topic, but with this, you know, on the same recruiting level with, you know, for those that are listening that are getting ready to, you know, try to take that next step, be recruited during this pandemic, what would you recommend to those boys and girls? Yeah, it's a video is huge. I don't think anything's ever. I don't think my message wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. Video is huge. A highlight film is huge, and touches like you can't just send one email and expect to be okay. I'm set. I'm done. I sent my one email. Coach isn't interested in me. I guess I'm not playing college soccer. I give up. Now, so many people, that's their mentality. That's not the way it works. You got to be, you got to work at it every single day. It's, it's got to be almost a part of your training. How do you send emails? How do you, how do you, how do you cut film? How do you, where are you getting your film? You know, just being an absolute animal at trying to get yourself seen and putting yourself out there, doing the research on the school you know, just being able to put yourself out there. And it's just, I think it's just even more so now because like for us, we were, we were actively recruiting a lot more than what we've done in the last year. But if we recruited any less, I actually almost argue we've recruited more because we're here for people in our staff watching film, debating film. Do we think this player is a good fit? Where do they play? What's their pedigree? You know, looking at all these different options, watching full game film, watching highlights. So now I just think it's even more important just to have a super solid highlight film um, and, and and to send emails. And not everything has to be perfect, right? If you don't have the perfect highlight film, still send the emails. If it's your dream to do it, then stop making excuses and just go make it happen for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And then maybe not, 
you know, maybe not sending it to just the head coach. I mean, those head coaches out there are getting, you know, 50 plus emails a day, but you know, send it to their assistants, you know, make sure that you're sending out and then make it kind of like part of your, you know, homework routine, you know, get on a couple times a night or a couple times a week and, uh, you know, send emails out a couple times, you know, that, I mean, the more emails you send out, the higher ratio, of, you know, return you're going to get from it. Yeah. Even if you're, I mean, think about it, think about it from this angle. Like if you're going to go out and work for 30, 40 minutes a day, um, on your first touch, you're going to get better. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you're spending if you're spending thirty to forty minutes a week on sending emails from your sophomore year, by the time you're a junior and senior and you're supposed to be getting signed, you're going to be in that situation to to make it happen. And if yeah. you're a parent, you know, get involved get involved with your kids' uh, goals and aspirations, and you know, be realistic too, right? Like if your kid's not good enough to play at University of Washington, our last podcast we had Taylor Pay on and. And Garrett Losey, you know, both those guys played NCAA Division One soccer at Cal State University Fullerton for Garrett Losey and for Taylor Pay at University of Washington. Um, be realistic. I mean, dream big. I think you should always be dreaming big, and that should always be your goal and your aspiration to coach, to, to train and play at the very highest level. But if you aren't good enough to be there, maybe you should be putting your focus in you know, an NCAA Division Two or NCAA Division Three or JUCO or wherever it might be, you know, what's the best fit for you, but maybe financially whatever's the best fit. Um, some people research their iPhone out, uh, the new iPhone. What are we on, iPhone 12? Yeah. iPhone 12. They, oh, my gosh, the iPhone 12 has this wide-angle camera lens more than they research out which university they want to attend and, you know, how much that cost and, and yeah. different things. So, you know, just becoming an, an absolute expert in the field of recruiting yourself is absolutely huge and uh, learning, learning all the way and, and trying to now think like, okay, how does a college coach think? Let me, let me get into his mind or her mind and then send emails specifically to that person so that could benefit them. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, okay. Final, you know, topic for today. Final question. Um, what for you, um, has been the biggest or what, what has changed you the most this last 12 months? Like what's been the biggest thing you've learned in the last 12 months with such a weird season? Maybe not so much of what I've learned because it's something I already knew, but just my love for my players and just like, like we're out here coaching human beings. We're out here. We're out here trying to make human beings better people. Uh, trying to get human beings, you know, an education. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it wasn't like we were playing. We weren't in like this battle. Yeah. We weren't in. We weren't in the trenches. We were kind of more in the trenches as human beings with each other. And we were all about each other, you know, and, and our culture of our team grew, even though we weren't in competition and just my love for my players grew. And, 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 and that was, that was more there opposed to, um, Hey, we'll do anything. We just want to get three points. Yeah. We just want to win the conference. We just want to win the region tournament. We just want to win the national championship, you know, getting, getting through that kind of stage is that's been different for me. Tanner is, is, those goals still exist. Mm-hmm. Winning, 
But this year is just how much this is all about the kids, the student athletes, how much this is all about, you know, what we're trying to accomplish and, you know, becoming better human beings and, and just 100% trusting the process and trying to get better every single day. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, comes down to spending, you know, the whole last spring and fall just, you know, spending a lot more time with them in the classroom, like in this, you know, in study hall and just sitting down with them more as students than as athletes in that in that sense too. And you know how much you know how much I sat down with the player. I mean, I was yeah. in I was in meetings with players every single day. Hey, let's go talk for 10 minutes. Hey, let's you know, how are we doing in in this? How are your parents doing? What what's going on, you know, with you, with your girlfriend? What's going on here? I mean, there was just it was a uh, a real good ex- a really good fall and a fall that, you know, I hope this doesn't happen again, but it's a fall that if we get a spring season and uh, this whole thing can go away sooner than later, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely been a semester that's made me better as a human being and, and a better soccer coach. Yeah, I think it's grown a lot of our relationships with, with each other too. And, uh, you, know, find the, you know, we found the good in the, in the you know, negative stuff that happened this past year. Um, okay. Well, thank you for listening and appreciate, appreciate everybody. And and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll catch you next week on another episode of get stuck in.